Едем по дороге. И просто сзади нас ебейший взрыв. Ебать. Ебать. Это, походу, ебать. Это, походу, это, блядь. Okay, welcome. You're in the War Room. Special edition. We're live here in Springfield, Missouri, the Springfield Convention Center. It is the summit, Moment of Truth Summit, uh, to get to the bottom of everything that happened on 3 November 2020 and everything we're doing to make sure that we close the deal this November. We, we got an all-star cast joining us today. Liz Harrington's going to be here in a moment. We've got Emerald Robinson, Joe Hoft, uh, Seth Keschel, uh, just on and on. Joe Allen's also going to join us. Uh, in this uh, next two hours, I want to really thank Real America's Voice for having us here live. This is kind of the great awakening part of this for the next couple of hours here. There's a lot of spiritual discussions, a lot of uh, uh, great music uh, discussion, talks, all that. So we're going to be cutting in and out of the main stage with our guests. We want to start uh, with uh, major development overnight, an assassination attempt on Alexander Dugan, one of the most prominent geopolitical thinkers in the world and, of course, the chief strategist for Putin. Outside of Moscow, a, uh, an attack uh, in an automobile blown up. His daughter uh, died and other young people injured. I wanted to go to Jack Posobiec, uh, Jack, who joins us by phone. Jack, uh, put in perspective how, well, how massive a development of this is. Uh, and is this Ukrainian intelligence with assistance from the CIA that did this? What's the latest? Hey, good morning, Steve. Good morning, everyone. And as of course, you know, the reports are still coming in. So normal caveats as usual. Uh, we have no idea who did this or how it was planned out. From what we have heard so far, local authorities are reporting that the car was, in fact, the father's car, but she happened to be driving it. They were at some kind of uh, family reunion, and uh, it's the car he normally drives. Yes, she was driving it. He rode in another car and that an explosive device was found underneath the driver's feet. And so this does look as though it was a planned assassination attempt on Duke and himself. I'm seeing some people saying that they may have been targeting the daughter, but it, it seems more than likely that this was an attempt on Duke. And now because he was in the car next to her, there's also videos you can see of him outside the vehicle, hands on his head, just utter shock and I think what people need to understand is that regardless of your stance on this war, you have to understand this is a major escalation. This could potentially be a Franz Ferdinand moment on the Eurasian landmass. And we, you know, I'm sure Victoria Newland and all of her buddies are popping bottles down at the State Department right now. But I would say I would urge, uh, you know, pump the brakes just a little bit. Because you have to understand there are going to be responses to this and there are going to be geopolitical fallout on the backs of committing terrorist attacks, assassinations inside, inside the Capitol. 
We're going to have to have immediately, where there's going to have to become forward, the CIA. Any CIA involvement in this with SBU has to come up. We have to know any American involvement, because you're absolutely correct. This is a major escalation. This is not just Putin's inner circle. This is the, considered the chief strategist for the whole Eurasian strategy of Putin, whether you agree with that or not. This is the, this is be like an assassination attempt in the United States of a senior level member of the government. Now their talk, SBU is trying to take credit for this, but the SBU, the Ukrainian intelligence services, which by the way, are totally controlled by the CIA. It's impossible for them, you agree, Jack, to be able to strike into the heart of Putin's inner circle in Moscow, in the suburbs of Moscow without, uh, without help from other intelligence services, whether that's people in the FSB or KGB that have been, t- that have turned or, but it's impossible for Ukrainian intelligence to be able to do this themselves. Jack Posobiec. Well, Steve, we know that Ukraine has received uh, considerable U.S. intelligence assistance throughout this war, so it certainly wouldn't be anything um, uh, over the, what's just routine for them to say, for us to say that there have been U.S. intelligence high-level coordination with Ukrainian intelligence. Now, to say that they would commit something like this and the U.S. would allow themselves to be involved, I mean, that would be super, super high level. I mean, the U.S., of course, if, if anything like this was done, it would be completely off the books and more like the passing of information, that type of thing, rather than any official uh, official setup. And also, I mean, you think about it, you could even be going on the dark web and find some people within Russia and going and paying them in Bitcoin. There's been these the Russian mystery fires that have been going on since the beginning of the war. Nobody's really sure what's going on there. But it seems like people are just getting paid off on the dark web to go and do that, um, you know, setting fire to Russian um, recruitment stations, things like this. And so the idea is it would be completely untraceable if any Western intelligence uh, were involved. But that being said, the idea is they're now hitting soft targets. And I think people need to understand that and internalize it, that if you've set the table now, if you set the bar in attacking soft targets deep within your enemy's capital, then if that's the case, what is the reprisal going to be? What is the response going to be? And this is exactly how World War I kicked off. This is what slid everyone into the guns of August situation because what it was, you know, Gavril Princip and Franz Ferdinand and the coffee shop and all that, Sarajevo, the crown prince of Austria, uh, you know, striking back at the Ottomans. The question is, is this a moment or will this lead to further escalation that gets everyone to trigger their treaties like the NATO treaty and then tip this over into a much more cost? And we've seen, by the way, Ukraine now striking more and more into Russian-held territory like uh, Crimea. They're striking into places across the border in Belgorod. So this has been going on for several weeks now. And we're seeing now this attack inside Russia, which, of course, we can't say that it for sure that it was the Ukrainian intelligence services, but certainly I think that's where everyone is thinking right now. Jack, uh, before I let you go, we know you're heading to mass with the family. Uh, so let's go here in a second. Um, you know, my theory of the case is, and I've said this since uh, the great Jonathan Swan did that interview with Zelensky main stage at the party at Davos in the World Economic Forum, 
where Zelensky's lecture on us that we should read memoirs. We don't know enough. We haven't read the memoirs of World War II, which I said the next day. He should read the best and the brightest to start. He should start reading up on a guy named President Diem in Vietnam. We've seen the White House trying to distance themselves from Zelensky. The Tom Friedman leak. There's been these leaks about the people. The Washington Post interview where Zelensky said, I didn't tell the people in, uh, in Ukraine about the invasion because I didn't want everybody to flee. There's a lot of the Ukrainian people are turning on him. Do you believe this is the opening gambit in the inter- intelligence services, what the administrative or what people call the deep state starting to move on Zelensky? That's they're going to try to negotiate a deal with Zelensky, get him out or eventually go president DM on him. Jack Posovic. Well, Steve, you have been calling that laying on the card on the table that we are going to see assassinations. And you've been saying that all week. And then boom, here we see one not in Kiev, but actually over in Moscow. The idea that the intelligence services, the national security services are starting to step up and whether that's the raid on Mar-a-Lago, this attack in Moscow, we're starting to see that because the geopolitical situation has gotten so caustic and so frictive at this point that now we're seeing the intelligence. This is where one spark can ignite a powder keg. And the world is a powder keg right now. Remember, you've got Zelensky saying that at the World Economic Forum. He says that to Swan, but then he goes over to the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and says that he wants to bring them in. He understands that that relationship is unsteady. Uh, we're seeing that with Thomas Friedman. We're seeing that in a, ver- a variety of other articles. That being said, the money seems to be continuing to come from Washington. But everyone knows that any spark could ignite this into a much greater situation. And that's the same domestically as it is internationally. And that's where these intelligence services or even potential third-party chaos agent actors can come in and set the entire world on fire. You've just nailed it. And DM, DM, when the Americans tried to get him to heave too about the Buddhists burning themselves in, in Saigon, he said, hey, look, there are other sponsors out there. That was Zelensky said, hey, I want the CCP here and told Xi, I see Ukraine as a land bridge into Europe. He's been playing with fire and Zelensky ought to understand if his SBU did this, that, hey, all bets are off on this thing right now. Jack Basovic, you've got a major show on Real America's Voice, 10 o'clock every night. Of course, Human Events Daily, we're there with Charlie Kirk uh, and Turning Point USA. How do people get to you and follow you today and tomorrow before your show? Because there's so much news breaking on this assassination attempt at Dugan and the murder of his uh, daughter. Yeah, thank you. So I, I kind of say that we're the... Uh we're the War Room Night Watch. It's me and Drew Hernandez. And then so that's 10 p.m. Real America's Voice. I've also got a special going out on the podcast side today. Myself, Dr. James Lindsay, the truth about groomers. So we're going to drop that today. And then also all next week, uh, Charlie Kirk is out. So I will be filling in for Charlie Kirk on Real America's Voice from noon to two every day this week. Oh, following the War Room. Fantastic. Okay, Jack Basovic, uh, spend the day with the family. Uh, we'll check in with you later. The great Jack Pasovic. God bless everyone out there. About geopolitics. Does anybody see on? Thank you, brother. Okay, let's go to Rome and Ben Harnwell. Ben, we've been covering this, and you've been all over this from the beginning. We'll talk about Dugan in a second, but let's talk about the situation with Ukraine. Clearly, as Jack Pasovic said, ratcheting up, uh, ratcheting up what's happened. Give us your assessment. Are we heading towards the guns of August? Is this a, a Franz Ferdinand moment, sir? Well, Steve, you know, what you and Jack were saying just now is absolutely correct. I would frame this assassination um, in the context that on Thursday of this week in, um, in Lviv, there were these peace talks that didn't go anywhere between um, Vladimir Zelensky 
uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and Antonio Guterres, the secretary general of the UN. As I say, those talks didn't go anywhere, but the pressure there um, to, to, for, for Zelensky to, to get sit down at the table with Putin and negotiate was there. Now, Zelensky, as we said a couple of days ago, Steve, um, feels himself empowered to, to turn those talks down because the money is continuing to come in, $750 billion, million, um, dollars, um, on Friday. I note, however, um, that, that not a single European Union country pledged new support for the month of July. So now America is back to shouldering the big weight. But Steve, the context of that I would say about this assassination attempt, Jack's absolutely right that this is going to lead to a tit-for-tat exchange, as these things always do when they become personal between two sides. And they will obviously, I think, become um, escalatory as well at the same sense. What I would say, Jack had mentioned these mystery explosions. You'll remember, Steve, about 10 days ago, Zelensky went off on one on his military command commanders because no word from Kiev had come out over who was behind this. And someone was shooting their mouth off inside Zelensky's inner circle to the press, bragging, said, yeah, 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 actually, this is us doing it. No, 100% that Ukraine is behind um, and the, these, these um, terroristic attacks uh, on, on, the, on Russian side. Okay, so it's still, um, we're talking Ukraine here, we're talking Donbass, but let's, let's call that the Russian sphere of, of influence for the sake of the war. Steve, my takeaway is this. Whoever is behind... This assassination attempt does not want to sit, does not want peace between Russia and um, and Ukraine. That's the point of this. This is to keep that war going, and and you, it's, it's escalation. Look towards the escalation, the escalation party here. And remember, the European governments right now. It's a huge article in the Guardian yesterday about how nobody, not one European country, has stepped up on time in the month of July to put up the money that they had committed to Ukraine. Not one, not one had done that. Okay, not one had done that. Let's cut to the main stage for the pledge. Uh, ben, hang on for one second. We'll cut to the main stage for the pledge. Good morning. Let's say the pledge together. I pledge allegiance Let's sing the national anthem. Oh, say and you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? 
gentlemen, please welcome Pastor Hank Kuhneman from the Lord of Host Church, Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. We're back here. This is the great awakening part of the uh, Moment of Truth the Summit here in Springfield, Missouri. I want to go, i tell you what, um, Ben, uh, real quickly, I want to put up, you know, you and I, you were with me when we had the, uh, we had the summit with Dugan to talk about his theories. Dugan is, is not, um, he's very anti-America as far as America goes, as far as the woke America and what is going on with NATO and being this aggressive. When you actually meet him and talk about it, it's not as virulently, you know, he's called an ultra-nationalist. He's not as anti-American as you actually would think. I had the chance to spend an entire day with him, about 12, 14 hours, a couple of years ago in Rome, set up by uh, Ben Harnwell. He's the geopolitical theorist and back of the fourth political theory. And look, he's a he's an ultra-nationalist, uh, and he is very he was very pro-CCP. The whole book, I think it was called uh, The War for Eternity, outlined my discussion with him that Russia in no way can uh, can uh, partner or ally with the Chinese Communist Party, and, and this is what's happened. And I warned about this years and years ago, Ben, as you know. So, Ben, uh, we're going to bounce here. How do people get updates for you throughout the day? on this on breaking developments are you going to be up on getter yeah it's uh, it's simply my surname steve my profile is at harnwell the verified account not one of the imita imitators that are out there uh, and i'll be there putting out the news as it comes in okay and ben's going to be on the show tomorrow morning we're going to be back on the regular schedule of the war room will be 10 o'clock live uh and uh, ben will join us at the beginning of the show we'll walk through alexander dugan and this really this escalation major escalation assassination attempt on dugan outside of moscow killed his daughter blew up his car uh the sbu right now is taking uh, credit for this uh, the ukrainian intelligence services so we'll have all the updates tomorrow ben thank you very much honored to have you on here thank you for changing your day to join us god bless steve Okay, we'll have more about this for the in, during the next two hours as we go. But on main stage, just set what's happening. We've got we've got uh, the Great Awakening part of that. A number of preachers will be up here. There'll be music. There'll be discussion about the Great Awakening going on in the country. That's also leading to this political uh, this political um, movement, MAGA, this populist movement. I'm now joined by Liz Harrington, the president's uh, chief communication strategist. Also, Liz was the executive uh, editor here at uh, War Room during some of the toughest days uh, right after right after 3 November. You were right in the middle of the fight. Uh, you had just left the RNC, and, and you joined us for really what was this really in-the-trenches fight to really make sure that, that we didn't – we closed the deal on the victory that Trump had on 3 November. Liz. Amazing to be here after all this time, and – 3 November is alive and well. I mean, look around you. All these patriots from every single state represented, and you run into all these people, and they're all they're all still fighting. Why, why, why did you, you? You've got a new baby. You're 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 24/7 with President Trump now as a strategist. You're juggling 20 balls, particularly Mar-a-Lago. Why did you carve out time to come to the summit and be here for both days? You just didn't come through as a lot of communications people do to come up on the main stage, say three minutes and leave. You're here and you were in the audience yesterday taking notes, doing your Liz Harrington thing. Why, why, are, why are you actually here? I got invited and I said, hey, I, I like being with the people. I don't know about you. Um, 
and I'm just here to listen. And it's been great. I mean, I've run into so many patriots from that some I knew, some I'm just meeting. But they all tell the same story. They know what happened. They, and they said, we can't let this continue. I'm going to get involved. I was just talking to some patriots from Alabama who said, I was, I saw them steal it. And I said, well, if I heard, if not me, who? So they got involved. So really, this is something that clearly we've been on. President Trump has been on because we recognize, I mean, listening to the top of your show, the world is in chaos. And so much of this is because America, they're trying to take America off the stage. They're trying to take President Trump off the stage. It's not going to work. And so much of our work has to be getting our country back, getting free free and fair elections, getting the people like your show does such a good job of doing action, 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 mobilized on the ground. It's up to all of us and and taking every step that we can, every piece of ground that we can. And some it's like this. You you agree. If President Trump, if we had closed on his victory that he did win. okay, I know the mainstream media hates us saying it, but he won. If we closed on that deal, we would not have the chaos we would have in the world today. We wouldn't have the invasion on the southern border, but most particularly, you wouldn't have this mess in the Ukraine on the eastern border. You wouldn't have assassination attempts. Donald Trump was a figure that they both respected and feared. And fear is a very good thing to have in international relationships. It's so important. I mean, in a strong America, everyone knew President Trump doesn't mess around. And he was putting our country first, which is great. Not just our people. It's great for the rest of the world. And look at the turmoil. And everyone knows. Everyone knows none of this would be happening if President Trump was rightfully in there, as he should have been. And as, you know, all these patriots are still committed to seeing through the fact that we have a fair election in November, this coming November. So all these things kind of tie together. Is he concerned about that? Is he concerned right now about closing? Not us winning. But actually not having a certain states stolen from us in November. You have to be, you know, concerned. Look at the, some of these primaries. However, Georgia, not just, I'm not going to mention one that's Georgia. But we got to do the Cary Lake model as well, which is show up on election day with ballot in hand, overwhelm them, outvote the fraud. I mean, it's just amazing because when you're connecting all these people in these grassroots, uh, groups, it, there's so many more patriots who still yes. love this country, and that's what we're committed to. That's what President Trump is committed to, and unifying the people against the corruption, and that's what this is about. One thing that blew me away yesterday, and we didn't have enough time to cover it all in its entirety, but after we went off the air... For about seven or eight hours, there is what they call the roll call of the states, and they start in alphabetical order. This is one of the most powerful things. I was not really prepared, and here's what it was. It was essentially the war room posse in each state that has now gotten engaged. These people are like dogs of bone. In every state, there are massive problems. In fact, I keep saying the case that Montana... Utah and Alabama, which are three of the most biggest Trump states and wins by a huge margin. The problems in those states are almost as bad as Georgia, Arizona and uh, in Pennsylvania. And I think that's what this coming week when we have time, 
we're actually going to have over the next couple of weeks people from everyone that presented here. Here's the thing you should take away. It is. These are dedicated uh, citizens who have skills, data skills. I mean, these are not they have skills. They're highly focused and they're talking about reality. This thing of the states of all 50 states shows you these elections are it's not just maladministration. There's something wrong. You could almost say it's widespread. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Everything they've been telling you. Yes. There is no such thing. No, no, but that's exactly why, that's exactly why the media propaganda has always never been proven. The most secure election in in history. history. It is corruption in both parties at all levels. And it's going to be patriots on the ground who are within the system too, who unbeknownst to them, they've had their elections taken away from them. In the movie last night, incredible. Incredible. Clips of Tina Peters being so proud to be the county yes. clerk, and she didn't know that there was corruption going on. But once she knew, it was a point in overturn, and that's what we need—the patriots to say no more. I'm gonna get to the movie in a second. That Liz Harrington was here for all 12 or 14 hours yesterday with her sidekick. We'll get that in a second. One la- before I get to that, the question I get. And this is invitation only, so it's not open to the public. These are really election officials and people that are involved in this process right now. But I had, I spent five hours yesterday after the show just meeting and greeting people here and talking to them as they went, we're going to do it again this afternoon. To a person, they're saying, when is President Trump going on offense on this outrageous illegal raid? They, they understand it's illegal. They understand the FBI is the Gestapo. They're shocked about what happened. But in your sense, when are we going to see some, you know, there was discussion Friday night, uh, and, uh, there's been some other discussion about him filing suits, getting lawyers going to be more aggressive. Can you give us any inkling of when, because everybody here is saying, when is Trump going on offense? I mean, oh. they're, they're furious about what happened. Oh, as they should be. I'm furious. It, it's imminent. We've got an amazing Fourth Amendment complaint. And that, make no mistake, this is an attack on constitutional rights, Fourth Amendment rights. Don't buy into any of this nonsense of classified, declassified, all the propaganda that's out there. No, they had no legitimate reason to go in. It's a total violation of his civil liberties or constitutional rights because they want to do that to us. And again, he's standing in the way. Think about it. They spied on him. They've been spying on all of us. Now they've escalated it. They went in. They seized his property that does not belong to them. It's not some bureaucrat or some paper pusher or some FBI agent. They have no right. This is a general warrant that the founders were so terrified of from the British crown. I mean, they were experiencing that. That's why we have the Fourth Amendment. So he's going to defend the Fourth Amendment because, make no mistake, they're coming for all of our... Uh, the, the Bill of Rights are coming. Is he, go, is he going to release all the ta- all the video and all the tapes? And some secure? I mean, when we fight back, we're going to court with the Fourth Amendment and and ask for, I guess, a special master because you can't trust the FBI. You need an impartial party because you can't you can't trust the FBI. 
You can't trust them. They're not trustworthy. They've been on MSNBC attacking MAGA from the beginning. Why should you trust them now? I'm not going to do it. We're going to defund, deconstruct, and dissolve the FBI. So with the special master for are is he going to release, uh, do you think he's going to release the audio, the videotapes? We'll see. As you know, transparency is what we want. Yes. And sunlight on all of this is what we want. Again, this is an innocent man who's been persecuted for seven years now. And the same people. Yeah. You think we're going to trust these people who've tried to frame him how many times now? Yes. They've been after him. They've been trying to dredge up anything they can. And he's clean as a whistle. He's clean now. They're going to keep attacking. We're going to keep going on offense. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. So the headline is going offense. Okay. Last thing before you leave. Liz. Cause this is what, this is what Liz was our executive editor. She, she, she would, she would work from her home, but it was like 20 hours a day, right? A gr- and she's a grinder. She gives way too much credit. No, 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 no. You're the worker. We, we can tell it's a little loosey goosey since you left. No good order and discipline. I keep saying I need another Liz Herring to crack the whip. Um, but yesterday, what amazed me, you were here. From the beginning of the whole day, and I was to beat. I couldn't even stay for the movie, so I had I had to punch out. Liz, you stayed, and did your sidekick stay? Let's, she can did. We get, she stayed for the movie. No, we did she, have to come uh, back uh, to the hotel. Okay, okay. Watch the let's movie can we show? Let's, let's pick the let's pull the picture up of, of your sidekick and tell the audience who your wingman was yesterday. Let's see. Can we can we bring up can we bring up the can we bring up the photo of? We don't have it. Okay. Oh, there she, there she is right there. <laughs> she now, loves you, Steve. I, I've got that. I got the touch with the ladies right now. You can't see. She's wearing her MAGA headband. Yeah, no, and she, I mean, she was still raring to go. I was the one that had to go out to the hotel to watch the movie. But she was still raring to go, you know, meet people and everything. She loves you. So, 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 so uh, what's her name and how old is she? She's That's Greer Doty. She is eight months old. And she is, that's you know, the best MAGA. Behave. she's that's actually got a, her ultra MAGA onesie today, but it's underneath her Sunday best dress. Yes, I, I can't, I'm so shocked she's ultra MAGA. <laughs> she was the best behaved. That was after eight or nine hours and she was laughing and giggling, having a good time. I want to say, Hey, I need more speakers. It's getting a little slow here over the boardroom. She's, she's like her mom, want to jump right up and just kick right in. Well, listen, everybody's very, let's get it from her father. Everybody's very appreciative that you would take time away on a weekend and come out here for the summit, the moment of truth. I'm and, appreciative and the of all these people and you and the war room posse. I mean, this, this has been so encouraging to me. This just meeting saying. all these patriots. This is a great awakening. This is a great way. Is the, the, the uh, we have some preachers up on stage. We're going to cut to a second, but here's the point. Yesterday, these were average Americans that are stepping forward and doing extraordinary. These are ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And the spirit here, if you ever think, "Hey, I, I'm, I'm getting depressed. I don't see right. it happening." This movement is ascendant across not just great candidates everywhere. You've got people putting your shoulder to the wheel and doing hard work, detailed work, grueling work, but. They're, you can tell they're innervated by what they're finding and that they know they're having an impact. And there's like a common purpose and they're, everyone's from all these different walks of life. You talk about it a lot. So it's almost like the island of misfit toys. We got all these people and myself included. Yeah, no, it's perfect. But hey, but it's just, you've seen the war room broadcast. So you guys know, right? And it's just great. And 
you know, it's almost they were just perfectly chosen for this time, whatever profession they were in years ago, and they have these skill sets. Yes. And now they're applying it. They're still working their day jobs, but it's incredible. And they just want the truth. That's all Thanks, it's honey. about. Thank you for so everything you've you. done. And thank you. I got to tell you, as long as your communication strategist will know things will be uh, will be done in the right way. That's what I think is so powerful. And tell, President, tell President Trump from the summit that uh, his, his, his base is here. And one last thing. Announced tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Enough. Action, action, action. Let's roll. People, people are at the bed. She should tell him everybody here wanted go on offense against the FBI and the DOJ and Merrick Garland and also announce tomorrow afternoon. It can't, it, it, tomorrow, you can't give too quickly. So make sure that's, make sure that's, make sure that's transmitted in case you haven't gotten there from watching the war room. Liz Harrington, our former executive editor, she's here. She's President Trump's chief communication strategist. Let's go to the main stage for a few minutes. We're going to have a few more guests roll in today, but let's go to the main stage. Moral road, traditional marriage, and so forth. And how many of you have seen a lot of things that we grew up taught by our parents, a standard of honor, that people have become dishonorable, and they've gotten off into shortcuts and side roads and side issues that have been great distractions and have been greatly dishonorable to what we know is right in our country. So they were taking side roads. They got off the main road. Now here's the next thing. They were choosing new gods. And if you're listening today around the world, this is very dangerous because when they chose new gods for the first time in the history of our nation, the United States of America has forgotten and does not know the name of their God. The God of this nation is our Heavenly Father, but the Lord Jesus Christ, His Son, is Lord and Savior over the United States of America. And this nation was dedicated to His honor. Now notice what happens after there was war... Uh, actually, as they were choosing new gods, notice the next thing that happens in, in verse 8. War was in the gates. Notice when they were out choosing new gods, they didn't know the name of their god. All of a sudden, war began to break out in their gates. How many believe we've been in a spiritual battle over our nation? How many believe that there's been war in the gates? You say, what do you mean? Well, think about all the cultural battles that we're facing. Look at all the things that are trying to infiltrate our media and all the different things that we're having to fight against. And it's because we forgot the name of our God. People have chosen other gods. God is a jealous God. And He says, I am the Lord God, and only I shall you worship. And so God is taking us right now and getting our focus back, showing us that He is the one true supreme God. Amen? And so there was war in the gates. Now watch this. Was there a shield or a spear even seen in all of Israel? You say, well, what does that mean? Well, think about it. What does a shield do? A shield protects, defends you. So in other words, there was nobody that really wanted to arise with a shield to protect their nation, protect the innocent, defend, come on, their freedoms. Sounds like some folk today, they don't even want to pick up a shield. They'd rather believe the fake media, and say, oh, well, no, they're telling us the truth. Well, we know through the evidence that we've been lied to. It's time to take up our shield. 
But notice that they didn't just take up a shield. They said, was there anyone that was carrying a spear? In other words, is there anyone that was willing to fight for God and for their country? Now let's talk about four things that God did. So as a result, watch this. In verse 7, it says something very significant, and I want you to really pay attention to this because this is going to give you great hope for what God is doing and what the future will hold. It says in verse 7 of Judges 5, the inhabitants of the village, they didn't fight, they held back. Now watch this word that somehow pops off the pages of our Scripture as our as we look at it. It says, until. Underline, circle, highlight the word until. Notice everything was getting off course. War in the gates. They forgot the name of their God. They were getting off the main road and the main issues of what made them great, what God blessed. And then there's this word, until. In other words, there's always an until moment that happens with God. It may be dark. It may seem like that evil prevails. But I promise you, we are in that until moment that God Himself is injecting Himself in America. God is stepping in and He's looking for us to do what? Step up. That's exactly what Deborah did. She began to arise, the Bible says, as a mother in Israel. Now, here are four things, if you're taking notes, that God is looking in the process of doing. The first thing that we see in Judges 5, of how God began to get the country, the nation back, is He raised up judges. The Bible says that Deborah, Judges 4, was a judge. So you see in verse 7 of Judges 5 that I just read to you, that she arose as a mother. She was a judge. So what God is going to do in the United States of America is He's going to begin to see great victories. Things that we've been fighting for. Things that we've been believing for. Things that they ignored before in the courts. They're now going to have to acknowledge because God's hands on them. And there's going to come judges of the land Judges that are going to arise, the courts are going to begin to shift in this nation. And there are going to be great victories that God is going to bring through the judges of the land. Now I want you to understand something. There are three types of judges that the Lord is going to use in the restoration of righteous judges. Number one, God Himself according to Luke 18, is going to be the judge... Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're here at the uh, Moment of Truth Summit, live in Springfield, Missouri, at the Springfield Convention Center. And, uh, you know, there's, a, I don't know, 1,500 people here this morning. They're all It's all invited. The way the public gets us, we're pushing this out on uh, Frank Speech, on the Frank Speech app. Of course, Real America's Voice been so... Uh, so uh, uh, such a great partner doing live shows here of War Room both mornings. Our own Calamity Jane Zirkle has been going around getting interviews with people, and we're going to play clips of that. We're also going to have a lot of content. What we're going to do, we're so inspired by this, all 50 states are going to be on the show in the next three, four weeks. We're going to get time during the uh, probably during Battleground. It's amazing, amazing work these people have done. Really, Not just in inspired us, but really the quality of work. And I keep saying, hey, when you look at Montana, Utah, and Alabama, 
and you look at what's going on on these super Trump states, but you really look at what's going on with the elections, you understand why the Republican establishment controls things on states that are 80 or 90 percent MAGA. It all becomes clear. So we're going to get to the bottom. We're going to try to get the Montana folks on in the second hour. So we're going to have Seth Keschel, Dave Clements, our own Joe Allen is going to join us. But now we've got a very special guest, a, a very uh, close colleague of mine in, in the show, uh, Emerald Robinson. The former White House correspondent for uh, for Newsmax, and now has her own show that follows us on War Room on Frank's Speech. So you've been here as the kind of the major correspondent for for Lindell TV, Frank Speech, uh, watching this and and monitoring. Give us your give us your thoughts. Well, day one, and I think day two, which we're in now, is going to be very different than day one. But as I was telling you just a moment ago, what I think was really good about day one is that often the reporting on all these election the election fraud out of different states. Come it's on, here and there, there and like it's it's so specific and, and sometimes it's overwhelming for people is what I hear from viewers and readers to my substack. But I think that Mike Lindell has managed to do that has been very successful, and I haven't seen anyone else really do yet, is put all of this information together in day one about the current state of elections, what happened to get us here, and it was, they did it in a digestible way that everyone could understand, no matter what your current knowledge of the electoral process is, you could understand where the problems were. And are. I also think it was great that a representative from every state, from all 50 states, got up to talk about the status of the electoral process in their states, no matter what happened in 2020, who won, whether they leaned red, uh, blue, or purple, what the current process is, and where there needs to be fixes or what works. And I thought that was great. And you know, it should almost just be standard, right? This should be a yearly thing. It should have already been happening because it's, it's the very hard part of our democracy. But I've been very encouraged talking with people, too, about how many people are getting involved and learning and becoming part of their local process. And I, I love what I heard you say, that you're going to have people on... From all 50 states. That's so important. Like I talked to a a lady from, from New Hampshire and I see, I keep seeing a theme here. I talked to a lady from New Hampshire yesterday and I didn't really know a ton about New Hampshire because it's not been one of those, you know, six states we've been hyper focused on. With the college kids going up on the day of. 16, we, we won in 16. It's, it's still bugging Trump, right? And Corey Lewandowski. Corey, not that you dropped the ball. Far be it for me to say that, but no, they stole in 16. Well, I'll tell you, when I went and covered the primaries ahead of the 2020 election, I was surprised. I, I always, when I go to these states, I talk to the waiters, I talk to yes. the Uber drivers, I talk to the managers in the restaurants, I talk to everybody who lives To find out the real deal, what's yeah. really going on. There was overwhelming support for Donald Trump <laughs> yes. in Manchester and Nashua. I might have, to, I talked to one person, and I, you know, you know I walk around, yeah. I talk to everybody that was supporting a Democrat candidate. And, you know, it was the primaries at that time for both, for both parties. Um, but in talking to this lady from New Hampshire, she's a fraud accountant. And that keeps being a theme I see with with these on the ground grassroots people getting involved and noticing something was wrong. A lot of them have engineering degrees. Their fraud accountants weren't really involved in local politics. She said, I didn't even really know what a state rep did until now. And she highlighted all the problems they have in New Hampshire. And it's just yeah, amazing. And she's like, I, I, I'm just, you know, an accountant. Yeah. But now she's involved. And so I think it's great. And that's something we do. We have, on the absolute truth, we highlight election fraud. 
at least in one segment every day. But I think it's key to look at all the states, which Absolutely. we haven't been doing, really. Well, it, it, look, I'm not a machine guy. People know that. But today we're going to have the trial of the machines. But in seeing the 50 states, it shows you we just can't flip the switch and go to the French model. We're not. It, 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 first off. The, the most fascinating thing, and we didn't really have a lot of time to cover this, is all the canvassing people here. Because yeah. Navarro keeps saying it's the canvas not to count. The voter rolls are messed up. And the establishment wants it to be like this. They control the apparatus. That's what you're seeing. Alabama, Montana, and Utah are the three biggest Trump states, or three of the biggest Trump states. You've got problems there. But, you know, all 50 states have massive problems, whether it's New Hampshire or Iowa, places you wouldn't think. So it's been incredible. Before I let you go, you're doing great coverage here. I've got to ask you about, uh, since the CDC report came out last week, we're going to do a special. We tried to do it the other day, but we had a technical problem. So we'll do it this week and we want to make you part of it at the CDC. Tell us where we sta- where you stand with your lawsuit. Uh, I mean, your, your, the story. I don't know if a lot of people know this because it was in your Substack, and we've had you on, but I think it needs more media coverage by conservative media. You, you, tell us the story about you and the CEO of Pfizer because it is absolutely stunning. Right. So on August fifth of twenty twenty one, a year ago, a year ago, a year ago. It always takes about a year. I remember no, no. talking about the funding of the Wuhan lab for. That's when you came in the war. He said August fifth, and then you kept going. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not like last week. It's a year ago. It's always about a year. This thing is simmered for a year. Before the, you know, the truth, everyone finally catches up. Um, But I tweeted that the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla, had had to cancel a trip, a planned trip, to Israel in December of 2020 because he was not fully vaxxed. And at that time, there was a travel restriction. And and I got hammered. You know, I was smeared everywhere. And this is what's been real interesting to me, Steve, and you don't even know this. The last few days, I've been hearing from people I haven't heard from in a year Uh, on the conservative side. This is conservative, so they allow you to be canceled, too. Mostly allow you to be canceled. Nobody came to your defense. Nobody came to my defense. Well, some people. I want that some people. But, you know, the the dispatch, Jonah Goldberg, Stephen Hayes, some of my favorite people did a full page rebuttal. Clearly. Are they in the payroll of uh, Big Pharma? That's what we'll be finding out. Let's cut to the chase. It sure looks. It looks like. And we know a lot of Alvin. If it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck. And I don't think I don't think the blaze and therefore your request to ask about money that outlets took that was confirmed. Yeah. Um, I don't think you had to ask specific names. They didn't yeah. just release the names of the people who got the we outlets. We have to give a hat tip to Glenn Beck and the team at the blaze. They're really the ones on it the was investigative side. Great the reporting. Yeah. They did the FOIA Fabulous. request. They did the investigative yeah. legwork that yeah. people are supposed to do. Reporters are supposed to do. And they got the names. So I don't think they knew to ask for that one. Yeah. We could do that now. Um, but now, fast forward a year later. But the I'll, audience wants to know, just like we asked Liz Herring on Trump, are you going on offense? I stood before the lion. Yes. Okay, so th- we can no report man, no uh, Emerald Robinson. Pfizer should know that Emerald Robinson's coming for him. Yeah. You're not going to be defamed. You're not, and you're not going to allow the dispatch and, and Stephen Hayes. And it was clear they worked guys. with Pfizer. They took a fa- they took a false statement as their fact check from the Pfizer spokesperson to smear me, who said this was not true. It was patently false. Well, guess what? Pfizer, the Pfizer CEO admitted it himself in his book. If it had not been for, well, if it had not been for Jordan Schachtel, the old invest, the investigator reported used to be at Breitbart. I hired him over there. If he had not read the guy's memoir, and the guy wrote a memoir to brag about what he was doing, in the memoir, he admitted 
Exactly. In fact, it's a, it's a big part of the book. He actually goes. Well, and he gives a he gives a whole recounting of how Benjamin Netanyahu's wife was just appalled and aghast is the word he used that he had not been vaccinated. And they say, "Shall shall you tell us when you will be vaccinated? We should expect you to be vaccinated." Exactly what Emma Robinson reported, and she was smeared, and the conservative media came in and dumped on her. So you're going on offense. Okay, what time is it? What's your social media? How do people, particularly? Today, because the, the machines are going to come up, you're going to be a frank speech, but also on social media. How are you? Yeah, you can find me at Getter at Emerald Robinson on Substack at Emerald D as in dog, B as in boy, three dot Substack dot com, and on Frank Speech, of course. Download the app, watch online, and I, I can't wait to see what you think after the trial. Could you know how I feel about the machines? trial of machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I'm open. My point is that it was so obvious what Mark Elias and those guys did with the mail-in ballots yes. and the no signature verification. It just the machines get a little complicated wow, for me. I'm not a technology guy, but I have been very impressed with the teams Mike has brought in to do that. And that's what they're going to lay out today. We have offered, by the way, we have outreach. We are now outreaching to all the machine companies, their lawyers, their PR firms, their surrogates. We are inviting them on War Room. I, you know, Mike is very enthusiastic on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, not a debate, not, not for me to get in their face, but just to respond. Two clips that we'll play from the from the seven hour or six hour trial of the machines a day. So I hope they take you up on that. We we want hey, this, it, it, the country's uh, we have an adversarial uh, legal system as you should right, and it's an advocacy system. We're gonna they're gonna put seven hours of information up here today that Mike and these guys have worked on for a year. And they've got terrific people, great technology people. What I think this will be great is for people like myself and others that are not that technology oriented. They're going to break it all down about actually how it can, can happen. So look, I'm, I'm a huge believer that the CCP is all over every aspect of this, but now we'll see the evidence. Emerald, you're going to be break, you're going to be on Frank's speech throughout the day breaking in. I will. I will. We're taking most of this live, but we'll have a few moments where we break in while we have changeover and give some live coverage. So definitely tune in there. Thank you so much. So You're a superstar. She follows us. Emma Robinson follows us at noon. I'm so honored to follow. No, no, no. no. So fantastic. Okay. Emma, thank you so much. No, let's go to the main stage. Hey, this is old time religion up here. So let's go to the main stage. But Abraham did the same thing. He called a presupposed number. Hey, God, there must be 50 righteous. Yeah. 50 righteous. You'll save Sodom and Gomorrah. And he got into a numbers game thinking he knew what it would take for God to move and spare an evil people. And all it would have take, took was if Abraham would have said, Hey, God, would you do it for one man? Would you do it for me? Come on, don't ever think, is there not a cause that you don't have and make a difference? Amen. I'm almost done. I want you to do this. Look at, look at the, the, the tribe of Dan. Tribe of Dan, the Bible says they stayed home. Sounds like some folk today. Their source of truth is the media. That's why you need to listen to Frank's speech. The tribe of Asher. Notice they were unmoved. Remaining in their harbors. It doesn't matter what you do, what you say, you're never going to change them. But notice the last tribes that they went to. Verse 18, the tribe of Zebulon and Naphtali. And you know what they did? The Bible says that they risked their lives. They jeopardized their lives unto death. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet as I close this up this, this morning. Some folk today, they don't understand that God is looking for us. He's looking for you that are watching. Is there not a cause to fight for God, to fight for your country? 
We are facing something right now in my closing moments like Moses did. In Exodus chapter 14, when Moses rose up to the cause, and the Egyptian army with Pharaoh were pursuing after Israel, this great nation. And in Exodus chapter 14, you can read it in verse 13, they did something that I'm hearing some people do. They began to look at Moses and say, Moses, this was your idea. Can I tell you what that translates to today? Moses, you should have stayed out of politics. If you wouldn't have opened your big mouth to King Pharaoh, we wouldn't be in this mess today. Don't you know that we were better off under a socialistic, slave-making form of government than for you to leave us out here where it looks like there's no hope? Yet Moses realized there was a cause. He lifted up his rod of authority. God said, go forward. If there's anything that the Spirit of God is speaking to us in this day, is engage in the battle. Don't run from it. Don't be in fear. Don't be afraid to risk it all. Keep going forward because I am setting, like I did with Pharaoh and his army, I'm setting entrapments. And you're going to see that I'm going to open the way for you, America. I'm going to open the Red Sea. I'm going to give you dry land. In other words, I'm going to let you begin to see that there is normal. There is something that's going to return to this nation. And you're going to see that I'm involved. And I'm going to deliver you as I did with them in a day. And here's the promise. These Egyptians, these rhinos, these, these liberals, these people that are treasonous, that have done this to your country, just like God said it. He said, these kind of people, these Egyptians, you will not see anymore in other words there's coming a new era praise God well maybe you are here today and you are in fear you're in anxiety I want to pray for you for just a moment in the closing moments that I have and I want to ask God to give you a fresh perspective I want to ask God to somehow put His shalom, His peace upon you. So, Father, I pray. I come boldly to the throne of grace, and I pray for these people that are in the sound of my voice, that every spirit of fear is bound and rendered powerless. Anxiety must go from them. Worry must go from them. Lord, if there's anything that the enemy has tried to bring against your people in forms of confusion, in forms of a lying spirit, We bind it up and render it powerless. And Lord, we loose the spirit of truth. That God, they will have their eyes open to the truth. They will see your perspective. I pray that you would put a fresh touch upon their eyes as you did in Mark 8 with the blind man. And I'm asking God that you would release an anointing that would destroy every yoke of bondage and undo every heavy burden that this nation has been under. We are calling on you, God, to bring a divine reset to this earth, to this nation. We are calling upon you, the righteous God, to bring righteousness and justice and let it prevail over America. God, we are asking you to accelerate the season that we've been in and let the earth know that you are God and you are mighty. And we are asking for your intervention greater. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here today, and those of you that are watching, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart to forgive your sins. I want to give you an opportunity. Listen, you're not joining a religion. You are literally calling upon the God of heaven to have relationship with you. Jesus said these words, if you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and you say with your mouth that He is Lord, you will be saved. Come on, it's the greatest uh, life insurance policy you could ever have. I want you to pray this prayer with me. 
If you want to make Jesus Lord, maybe you are away from God. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. So therefore, the Bible also says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I call upon you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of every sin, every wrongdoing. I invite you in my life, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I turn from sin. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, listen, and you meant it, the Bible says that the literal angels in heaven rejoice. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's been such an honor to be with you. And uh, I am so excited for what God is doing. And I don't even think this is a good English word, but I'm telling you, it's going to keep getting gooder and gooder and gooder. And can I leave you with one closing thought? A lot of people are looking at Matthew 24 and they're saying, yeah, but there's wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in various places. Don't you know that it's all about to end? Yeah, we, we are getting close. But Jesus said, those are birth pains. He said, the end is not yet, but he gave us a sign that we would know. And he said, you'll know. And then the end will come. You know what it was? Matthew 24, verse 14, he said, the gospel, We've got this the morning news. part is about the great awakening. And I tell you, the, uh, the pastors and preachers up there are giving you old time religion. I'm now honored to be joined by the, yesterday I had the, I had the handsome of the Hoff brothers. Today I got the brilliance of the Hoff brothers of their twins. And it's a duo. I tease these two guys. I've known them forever. Uh, Joe Hoff and Joe lived in Hong Kong. He knows CCP as well as anybody. Tell me about the books. You just got yeah. volume two. Yeah. Of the steel. That's right. Is this just crazy? Is this just crazy stuff or is this, is this no, real? This is, this is real and this is coming from a certain perspective. My perspective about being a corporate international executive auditor that spent maybe did 300 audits around the world, different co countries, currencies, people, places, functions, fraud, financial, operational. I did all of this. And then I come back to the States. And actually, while I was overseas, see, uh, Steve, you could see how they were just doing all they could to destroy Trump. And then I come back and I start you writing see for that, Jim. Oh, even overseas. It was horrible. Nobody, there's no good information overseas except for people that go to the net. Yes. And I think more and more people are going to the net yes. because this, because the mainstream and the, it's just a joke. It's yes. just, it's toxic. And so anyways, if you're smart enough to do that, you could, you could work your way through it. But I saw that. Then I come here and then I see this election and, and I'm writing with Jim at the Gateway Pundit and I'm, I was appalled and, and just shocked. And so what I tried to do here, the first book's about leading up to the election. The second book it now that just came out this week is here's what happened. So setting the stage and uh, the impossible occurs. And I look at it from a from an auditing perspective. You're which, saying from an auditing perspective, it was absolutely impossible. Well, for this is it. This my professional opinion after doing this for years is that there's no way on God's green earth that this election should have been certified. Amen. No way. Period. If you don't like the word steal, fine. Hang on, Joe Hoff's going to hang with a short commercial break. We're in turn with hour two of the War Room Live from the Convention Center in Springfield, Missouri. We're here at the Moment of Truth Summit. We'll be back with the entire crew in a moment. Everything's begun And you are over Cause we're taking down the CCP